Are you looking for a new basketball shoe? If so, this is Gary Parrish here to tell you that the New Balance 2-Way V4 features the groundbreaking use of fuel cell technology with fresh foam creating the ultimate combination of rebound and cushioning. Every step feels explosive and dynamic, and the upper construction features a lightweight textile that's supportive and breathable. So whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the 2-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the 2-Way at newbalance.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to the CBS Sports Ion College Basketball Podcast, where we sometimes talk about camel fighting dodo birds and leaky black. Ion College Basketball Podcast is brought to you by Jersey Mike's. Jersey Mike's, a sub above. This is Matt Norlander. He's my colleague and friend, and someone who has bamboozled me, bamboozled me on this Sunday before the national championship game. Because given that this is a high-tech setup and we're on CBS Sports HQ, we actually had a production meeting about this. And in this meeting, we discussed dress code, and we agreed. And this has been backed up. We agreed that we would go T-shirts underneath the jacket, so that we would look somewhat like you should look on television, but also somewhat like we look on a normal episode of the Island College Basketball Podcast. And when I walked in here, yeah. the fighting traffic Houston Astros game right outside, I see this guy, and he's in a collared shirt. Yeah, I, I did what I was supposed to do. Explain yourself. Well, I also did what I was supposed to do. And see, I had to be on set for two hits for CBS Sports HQ in a collared shirt. I, I, I had to look a certain way. I, I you, just, you just strolled in in your typical cute little white. Can we get a little neck there? A little, yeah, that's right. So... But you know what? It works. And by the way, a lot of people, they're never going to, they're, they're going to listen to us. They don't know if I'm in a collared shirt. You had to give away, you had to give away the gig here. It's great to be here. Last time we did this trivia time. Okay. When was the last time we podcasted face-to-face in person when you had to look me in the eyes just mm. like this? Yeah. I don't know that I even looked you in the yeah, eyes last time yeah. we podcasted in yeah. person. Uh, was, would it have been a, a peach jam? I think so. I think so. I think it was my hotel room in 20. 21? Yeah, I think that was it. So we're going on almost two years. Well, it's good to see you again. It's good to see How you. How you been? I've been good. How was, last, I, I, how was last night with Boone? How'd it go? It was late, and it was great. Kyle okay. Boone's strong jaw. He's yeah. the best. Stay, yes. Staying up real, real late to podcast. So we were with you on the Island College Basketball Podcast um, after midnight on Saturday, after the national semifinals uh, were set. Now we've got a championship game. It's going to be San Diego State against UConn inside NRG Stadium here in Houston. UConn opened as a six-point favorite. It quickly moved up to UConn minus seven and a half. So at least relative to the point spread, and certainly if you listen to people predict the outcome of tomorrow night's game, everybody more or less seems to be on UConn. So my first question for you today is this. Sell me on it. Sell everybody on it. What are the things that make this UConn-San Diego State National Championship game compelling from your perspective? All right. It's, it's, there's plenty of stuff that can be compelling about this matchup. That being said, I understand why everyone's talking to UConn. The reason why it's got a chance, the reason why it has a chance, GP, to be at least compelling 
competitive for more than 20 minutes is that San Diego State has found a way time and time and time and time again to keep itself in games, rally. You know, what was interesting about SDSU sitting there courtside on Saturday night is it was down 14. It had, it had been, you know, three seasons since SDSU had faced a 14-point deficit or greater and come back and won a game. And when it did that, I believe it was Pepperdine. So it's it's not, you know, a 35-win FAU team that was that was misseeded by two or three seed lines. We saw it against Creighton. They rallied. They, they stabilized. We saw it against Alabama. So while I understand a lot of folks saying that UConn's got to be, you know, well on its way to winning another game by double digits, GP. San Diego State has subverted expectations time and time again. San Diego State was the team that ranked in the preseason, not UConn. And I will say, I was sitting there on Saturday night, and from my vantage point in my press seat, I was probably, I couldn't have been more than 15 feet behind Lamont Butler when when that shot went in. And reading that body language, I think I think everyone was surprised, at least on the court. It felt like FAU was going to win, and I just wonder if a jolt like that, because that was the only lead, I assume you mentioned this on Saturday Night Show, SDSU hitting that bucket was the only time they led in the second half. It was the final shot of the game, and I just wonder if that jolt uh, won't be there with them immediately from the tip on Monday night. So, like I mentioned, UConn's obviously the favorite, and UConn trying to win a fifth national championship, a first under Dan Hurley, uh, another one under a third different coach, is all incredible storylines. They are the big brand in this. But I actually think among the things that makes this a compelling national championship game is the presence of San Diego State. Now, I'm not going to use revisionist history here and uh, change things that I had said previously because uh, you can all go back and listen to that and then you'll catch me being uh, contradicting myself. Florida Atlantic was the best story uh, in this Final Four. Florida Atlantic playing UConn in the national championship game would have been, I think, more compelling. All due respect. Agreed. Agreed. But San Diego State is a program that didn't have much of anything in terms of men's basketball history before Steve Fisher mm-hmm. took over the program. I saw an interview with Steve earlier in the week, and after everything is over at Michigan, he, with his longtime assistant, Brian Dutcher, just basically says, these are Steve words, not mine. Well, let's just go to San Diego and see what we can do. And they built that into a consistent winner, a Mountain West power. And now here they are in the national championship game just three years after their season and everybody else's season was obviously cut short when the 2020 NCAA tournament was canceled because of the COVID-19 pandemic, otherwise known as the dumbest pandemic of of both of our uh, lifetimes. I remember when that happened. We all get that text message. We get that phone call. The NCAA tournament is actually canceled. Just a week earlier, that seemed inconceivable. I mean, maybe not to the smart people who like study viruses and stuff, but to us, we weren't talking a week in advance. You think the NCAA tournament is really going to be canceled? I can even remember talking to friends about schools and stuff throughout the country, and it was like, you think your kids will ever be out of school, like for a day or a week? And I was like, I don't 
think so. And of course, I was wrong. We all we all know how that went. I have no board here, by the way. I might I might make those noises on my own on the fly anywhere. Yes. So uh, the tournament's canceled, and it's like wow. And then you start thinking through it about the 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 missed opportunities for some schools. And obviously, Kansas would have been the number one overall seed. Gonzaga, good. Kentucky, good. There was a lot of Dayton. Date. Well, the, the, I bring those big brands up to circle back to exactly San yeah. Diego State and Dayton. I felt sick for both of those programs, for those fans, because Dayton in that moment you know, had a legitimate championship contender and the national player of the year. Yeah. So you start asking questions like, when will this ever be like this again for Dayton? You've got the national player of the year and a real opportunity to win a national champion. It's like, maybe never. And like, still, that's true. It might never happen again. For San Diego State, you sort of thought the same thing. Like, when will San Diego State, a team that was 30-2 and two, with an All-American point guard, they were set to be a two-seed in the NCAA tournament on the day that it was canceled. Man, will San Diego State ever be this close to reasonably expecting to compete for a Final Four to win a national championship? I didn't know. Nobody knew. And yet here they are just three years later as your Mountain West Conference champions and now in the Final Four for the first time. And I recognize they're an underdog, but they're good enough to win this game. They're capable of winning this game. And either way, just the the fact that that program, that coaching staff, some of those players from the 2020 team and these fans, some of whom are walking around here today, actually get to experience this when it was ripped away from them in 2020. Like, I, I really, I really like that. And that is... Uh, uh, among the most interesting storylines heading into Monday night, how this program that lost a chance at a ch- uh, national championship three years later is uh, sitting here with, you know, they're 40 minutes away from, from hanging a banner. I mean, people aren't talking about the fact that San Diego State can win a national championship. That's where we're at. I, well, we got an hour to fill. Uh, let's, so let's, let's, let's get I to it. We should probably we, focus we, on we that. Should, we should get to that. No, it is, it is tremendous for San Diego State. We've got two teams on opposite coasts. I, I think this is a, an endearing part of the NCAA tournament in college basketball. Uh, San Diego State getting to this point, playing for a national championship, is is incredible, honestly. And just to reiterate, because I wasn't I wasn't on the Saturday pod. I'm getting in some I'm getting in some quick Saturday night thoughts here. With the way that that game played out, I thought FAU was winning literally even as the shot went up. When I was when I watched Butler's shot go up. Okay, where I, were you sitting there? I so I was sitting directly next to the West. Wood one radio crew. So I am I was I was the Guster was not in view. It was on the opposite side. I looked for it all night. Never it was saw. not the, the story behind the story because a lot of people were asking, like, where is Norlander? Where's the stick? You're, we got controversy. Actually, normally there's a small second table on the opposite side. That the way that the uh, the seating works, it's not there. So they had me uh, front row, right, like right, basically at where the three point line, the the arc of the, the arc of the of the three point line was. So I was I was right on it. Well, let me ask you this. Do you believe there was a conversation no. at the NCAA level? Where do we put this guy with the stupid sticker on his computer no, it was, so it, that it's not dominating? It, it was our conveyed to me uh, all of 24 hours prior that I would still be in the, in, in the same spot there. But then they got there and they saw the tables. It's what it is. It's fine. I think you it's got fine. bamboozled yeah. and then turned around and bamboozled me. Well, how about this? There was a loose ball right over. Little dribble, dribble. I was, I was in the right place there. So we had, we had a, a brief moment where the, where maybe that would have uh, reappeared. But here's the point. 
is that I thought, first of all, I didn't see the angle on Butler's foot almost going out. I didn't even know that was a thing until afterwards, and that was the narrowest of margins. I thought it was going to hit off the back of the uh, of the rim and wind up missing there. I thought FAU was winning the game the whole time. Did you? Did you? Did yes. You? If, I, just, okay, in the, I in had the a building, column written. I know. I'll, I, I'll, I know. Sh- I'll share it with yes. you sometime. Yes. It was done. And <laughs> then when, but, but I was watching on television because we had a call time for CBS Sports yeah. Network. We had shows, and so we all, or most of us, watched it on television. I will tell you, the television angle was perfect, yeah. and it, it looked, looked good, good the whole time. Yeah. The whole time looked perfect. Not, we got a clip of me uh, talking to Butler. We'll get to that later in the show. But as well, I thought FAU had it. The fact that they blew the, again, the fact that they blew the 14-point lead. Um, SDSU had one point where they had eight rebounds in a two-minute span, offensive rebounds in a two-minute span. It, ju- it, it just speaks to the resolve and the spirit of this team. I talked to Dusty May after, and I even asked him for HQ. I said, did it feel like you were playing yourself, just the way that they were playing, the way they were creating opportunities? This is the exact way that your Owls team you know, got to 35 wins, got to the Final Four in this tournament. And he said, yeah, absolutely. And there were a few, there were a few tough spots, obviously, down the stretch. The whistle got weird. Like, I don't know. Credit to, all, credit to San Diego State, though. It is an incredible story. And Brian Dutcher doing this, you know, he waited forever, GP, to be the head coach. He's done it. Steve Fisher's here. His son is still on the staff battling ALS. It is a very, I mean, uh, Butler himself, you know, his sister was tragically uh, murdered, you know, a year ago. And he goes, he winds up being the story. I talked with the with the SDSU assistants in the middle of the U- in the UConn uh, Miami game because they were there they were there scouting for the game and they said he's the man you know it, the, for the for the ball to be in his hands no better no better player whatsoever so um, a lot of inspirational stuff coming out of the San Diego State side and while we will make our picks later in the show later on the pod here um, I am I am not of the mind that this is a formality and UConn's just going to waltz to the title. I think that's on the table, but if you're just going to casually dismiss SDSU because they're never in a title game, this isn't a team that's, you know, top 10 every season, it's played in the Mountain West, I would say that's wrong. I think that they've got a real chance because of their style play and their physicality. I think they can match up with UConn. I'm glad you brought up Brian Dutcher because I was thinking about this earlier. We did in the preseason a ranking of the top 25 and one college basketball coaches in the country. We all submitted ballots, and I didn't remember Brian Dutcher being on it, so I went back and looked this morning in a longer than it should have been Uber ride, and he obviously was not on it. And yet, this is a guy who has now two 30-win seasons in the past four years. He's won three of the past four. Mountain West Conference titles. He's now in a Final Four. And like you said, is doing all this after he was more or less labeled, I think you would agree with this, a career assistant. Like that's that's Steve Fisher's guy. And when Steve retires, he'll probably get the job and then we'll see how it goes. But when you are an assistant coach that long, you get labeled a certain way. In this sport, coaches' assistants get labeled all the time. Oh, he's a recruiter. Oh, he's a player's guy. Oh, he's an X and O guy. Yeah, he's a career assistant. And he has gone from, again, quote, career assistant to an incredible basketball coach um, running that San Diego State program. Like when you go 30 and 2 in 2020 and then 
mostly with a different team. Find yourself in the Final Four, and there's nothing fluky about this. There's a 30-win team that won yeah. this conference. When you do both of those things in a four-year period of time with not entirely different rosters, but certainly somewhat different rosters, man, you've got some substance to you. If we re submitted ballots and not to live in the moment and get caught up in what's happening right now but I think it would uh, I think he'd have to find himself on that list when you look at what he has been able to do as a San Diego State head coach he has established himself as as one of the better coaches in the country since he got the job SDSU has been a tournament level team every single season except one 18 19 even then they won 21 games but it was 11 seed 22 wins in 18 19 just narrowly missed it 2020 we talked about that 30 and 2 and then the tournament gets canceled two years ago a six seed 23 wins last season 23 wins an eight seed and now as a five seed to break through 32 wins yeah he's done a, he's done an incredible job and I tell you I also talked about this on HQ I noticed it a couple times throughout the game not saying this is the right way the wrong way it's just his way there would be I just don't know how many coaches are like this Larinaga is also a little bit like it there would be 22nd, 32nd stretches where Dutcher's just standing there and you notice it because of the lack of animation. He's just standing there watching. He's not even, he's not, now some of this was his team was on the opposite end of the floor. He's not, he's not barking at his guys, he's not yelling, he's not even verbalizing anything. He's letting, it, it's almost like an old school way of like, no, I've coached, I've coached my guys, I, I'm going to trust them now. And then Which by the way is the way like a lot of sports work. Correct, but that's not how college basketball works. Right. And it's, Certainly, it's not how Dan Hurley works, and there's nothing wrong with it. But it was—I thought the connecting thread between how Dutcher was just standing there, watching, watching, and then letting it play out. And on the last play of the game, he just simply doesn't call timeout; just lets the flow play out. And 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 we saw how that wound up. Now the shot went in; it could have not gone in. Whatever. Sometimes you do this on instinct, but his style. Is, uh, is different from a lot of other coaches, and it's helped them get up to this point. One point I made on Saturday night's uh, episode was that he had two big decisions to make in those final seconds, and I thought one decision was right and the other one was wrong, but they both worked out. I thought he should have fouled and extended the game rather yeah. than let it play out. Reasonable people can disagree on that. I, I, it's not one of those, like, if you don't foul, extend the game, you don't know what you're doing. It's what I would have done, but it, it's reasonable minds can disagree. I thought letting it play out at the end, like we've got the rebound, let's go, no timeouts. I thought that was the right decision, but he made two big decisions and they both worked out and that is among the reasons he now finds himself in this national championship game. Before we take a break, I do want to bring up the other head coach, Dan Hurley. Because if you're looking for compelling storylines, he's got to be on that list as well. You know the story as well as anybody. Dan has spent much of his life in the shadow of his brother. Uh, Bobby Hurley, an all-time great college basketball player, um, a, a, a legend of the sport, a two-time national champion, yeah, one of the best point guards to ever play at this level. And Danny's always been Bobby's brother. To, and I talked to Danny two days ago, talked to Bobby yesterday, um, to see Bobby here supporting him so enthusiastically. Oh, yeah. Um, I just think there's something really sweet about that, that you have spent much of your life 
either in the shadow of your Hall of Fame father, yes, Bob Hurley Sr., or your iconic brother, for Danny to now find himself in the spot where he can also be a national champion. Think about this. As Bobby's winning two national championships as a player, does Danny Hurley ever imagine, maybe I'll get a national championship someday too? No, that's not realistic. And yet, and he said this, uh, I think, last night with Tracy Wolfson. Um, you know, I was a high school basketball coach not that long ago, mm -hmm. and now I'm coaching UConn, and the place where Jim Calhoun worked, and now I'm one win away from a national championship. These, these are not his words. These are mine. And, and he's expected to do it. He's the favorite to do it. It'll be a surprise if he does it. That's really, really awesome. And when I talked to Bob Sr., he could not have been prouder. When I talked to Bobby, he could not have been prouder. I just think it's it's got to be an amazing thing for that family and, and for Danny to, to see this. Uh, like, uh, and they, they've gotten away from the whole shadow thing a, a while back. Like, yeah. Danny's been the coach at UConn yeah. for, for, for a while now. But to, to, ha to watch him hold a, a similar trophy to the one his brother once held, that'll be a really cool thing if it happens. Oh, my. Yeah, it will be. Um, I watched him walk off the floor on Saturday. And uh, and he was he was he was screaming. He was you know the UConn fans they had their arms stretched out, giving him high fives, and it was just one more, one more, one more. And then he actually, I didn't put the, <laughs> I didn't put this in my column, but as he's walking back to the locker room, this is like typical Hurley. Uh, he's walking back, and he goes. Yo, but they they yeah, they can't. And he's like kind of talking out loud to himself as SID Phil Shardis is walking beside him. He's like, yo, yo, man, like they can't get this suit wet because I only got the one suit. I got the one <laughs> suit, man. I don't want to get it dry clean. I got the one suit. Well, they did. He didn't get the suit wet, so he's good. They dodged it, and I think on a certain level, the way that knowing Dan and the way he's wired, part of him believes, like. Yeah, man, like, I was going to do this. Like, I knew I would do it. But the other half of him, and this is kind of judging off of I've been able to talk to him a couple times in the past few days since they got to Houston. There is a an element of surrealness to to this right now where I, I think he always believed that he could get UConn to a Final Four. But he is gone in a matter of three weeks from not winning a tournament game at UConn. And that being a thing, like I oh, talked sure. to him about that in October when he said the job's going great. I think we'll be a top. He actually was joking with me in October that he'd be a top 10 team. And I was like, Dan, I think you might be able to get there, but like we'll see. And then he's he's absolutely busting my chops over it. So he's gone from that and him telling me it's just the one thing, man, like we got to win a tournament game this year. Like we got to do it. Like this is just hanging over me. So he's gone from that to now coaching a team, and we'll get to this uh, soon enough here in the show in a couple minutes, that's on, on, on the tournament run that is right now statistically ranking among the the five to seven best at worst since we expanded the tournament in 85 the hurley story and the Dutcher story each compelling in their own unique ways and one last thing on danny because that's one of those unless you're in the fan base like on the message boards you might not just shouts be, to the boneyard yeah you that's might right not be aware of how much of a thing that yeah. is i remember it with bill self at kansas pre-2008 i'd go on radio in kansas city as a guest and i would get questions like, so if Bill Self doesn't do it this year, do you think Kansas? And I'm like, what? I, I, like, Bill Self is one of the at that point, had never yeah. been to a Final Four. But I'm like, listen, you've got one of the best coaches in the country. Um, if you don't want him, somebody else will take him immediately. Uh, just be patient. He's building good teams basically every year. He'll break through at some point. Then he breaks through and nobody asks those questions anymore. When I first heard, like, UConn fans or you know, a little, like, is Dan Hurley the right guy? I'm like, what? And, well, he hadn't won a tournament game. He will. 
it's coming, and now here we are. So UConn is a significant favorite in this national championship game. I don't want to waste your time or my time asking you, so what does UConn got to do to win the title? We we know what UConn has to do to win it's the gotta title. It's got to win the game. <laughs> on a, it's got to win the game to win the title. Can we level, talk about this, please? On a simple level, they're going to You can't win the national championship without winning the title game. The thing a lot of people don't recognize about national championship games is you cannot win the title unless you score more points than the other team. That's correct. So that, that's obvious. I won't waste much time on that because, like, jokes aside, UConn plays well, it wins. Yeah. If UConn plays well, it wins the game. My question for you, what does it take for San Diego State to win this game? What do the Aztecs have to do? We'll get to that next, but first, a word from our partners. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account. Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. Podcast, Gary Parrish, Matt Norlander, now in a t-shirt. Oh, I shamed him. I shamed him into dressing the way we agreed to dress three days ago on a conference call. Shouts to my guys at HDI, by the way. That's why I'm, I'm wearing HDI. Shouts to Colton Houston. It wasn't, this was not designed, but it happened to be what I was. What if I had shown up just in the dress shirt with no with no undershirt underneath. First You'd of all, be that's, topless. That's weird behavior, but I so I, I do not endorse that. You would be topless. Yeah, I would be. I yeah, would be covered. You would yeah. be topless, and we would nickname you Mus. Okay, that's actually. What if I? <laughs> what if I? What if I went Mus on this HQ desk at the end of the podcast? I will not. I will not. That is not happening. Well, that, that's one way to go viral. It is. It's not. Yeah, we There's got. There's lots of ways to go viral. That's one yeah. of them. <laughs> that's one of them. Yeah, that's not. Uh, that's not going to happen. But it's great. To, hey, by the way, it's great. To, it's great to be with you. It's great to be live. This is. This is. You know, this is a different little vibe here. We got some folks around the set here down at the uh, convention center, George R. Brown Convention Center downtown Houston, and uh, yeah, podcast live. We need to do this more often. 
You got to do it more often. You you got to come to my place right around the right around the corner from what what is it Hudson Market down there in New York City. <laughs> I say it's a very deep inside joke. Even podcast people don't know that joke. If so. we're gonna if we're gonna do it more often, I suggest not doing it at the same time as a Houston Astros game. And so that's literally happening right now. Yeah, well, I didn't find out where we were doing this until about two thirty in the morning. Okay, and then I was. And I, then know, I, I knew I knew because on the production meeting <laughs> right. we talked about it. I was I was at, I was I was supposed to get texted an address and that uh, maybe the uh, maybe. Okay. The t- By the way, hold on. We, we buried the lead. Hmm. Listen, we'll talk to San Diego State in a second. Maybe. We went to the Astros game together. <laughs> yes. I on baseball podcast. We made it happen. And by the way, I didn't suggest this. GP took care of it because he's like three bets behind anyway. <laughs> Since I won the final four and one, I don't even know what the tallies are, but you have been well surmounted. GP picked up the cost of my ticket. So it was a good time. Your Astros won. Actually, you know what? <laughs> This guy showed up in a Mets hat to a White Sox Astros game, and you know what? You know, you know what people were saying. Hmm. That's them behavior. Is it? That's them behavior. I was walking. Uh, I, I I did a walk through the stadium at one point on a on a, a drink run. Yeah. And uh, so I how you were going to say that. And an Astros fan like saw my hat, and he goes, uh, "The Mets suck." I'm like, "You don't? You think I don't know? You did it to yourself. I've, I've been doing this my whole life. You think I don't know the Mets suck? Like, come on, man. I was at an Angels Mets game one time, and." Angels, same type of deal. Angels fan was like, that suck. And I was like, yo, you're an Angels fan. Relax. Relax. <laughs> Take relax, it easy. Buddy. That's free of Tony too. They <laughs> yeah. still suck with it, huh? Yeah, like, Which uh, is incredible, actually. Hey, relax. The last fan base that needs to be talking trash is the Angels. <laughs> yeah, like, relax, buddy. You're not, yeah. we're not, you're not a Dodgers fan. <laughs> yeah. Re- relax. So, um, yeah, I find out Relay is supposed to be here, and then I go, okay, how long is it going to take to get there? It says, like, 17 minutes. I said, cool. Yeah. So I leave in what I think is plenty of time. And then I hit Astros traffic. I had to jump out of my Uber a half a mile away from here and walk it the rest of the way with a garment bag and a computer, walking past. Uh, I, I bump into a San Diego State fan on the street. He's like, more of us. Yeah. I give him a fist bump. There we go. Oh, a lot of, lot of stuff going on. That All is right. something. Back to basketball. Sure, why not? National title game is tomorrow night. It's here inside NRG Stadium in Houston. And UConn, as mentioned, opened as a six-point favorite. It immediately went up to 7.5. The latest number I saw is UConn minus seven. So, like I said, I'm not going to ask you what UConn has to do to win the game. It's obvious. If UConn plays well, UConn will win. The question is this. What does San Diego State have to do to win this game? All right. So, when we went into Saturday night and I spoke on HQ, uh, one of the biggest things I said, or the biggest thing that I thought needed to happen for San Diego State was that Matt Bradley had to play like the program's best player because he had not in recent games. That wound now. Butler hit the shot, but Bradley was actually the best player overall. You know, he went for six boards, 21 points in 32 minutes, only one turnover. Played really, really well, and and they got out to that 14-5 to run early, SDSU did, on FAU. That wound up being a big case. I think that's got to happen again. I think Nathan Mensah, who probably... Should have fouled out with about two and change to go. There was a fifth foul call that didn't get uh, that didn't get called. I think he's got to play particularly well. Obviously, they're going to need to shoot well, and I do think that they're going to have to try. And they probably will succeed in this in dictating the terms of the way that the game is played. They're going to want to keep UConn in the 50s. If UConn cracks now, what actually wound up happening is FAU broke the streak. So it was 72-71. Um, Teams that had scored that many points on SDSU the entire season had actually beaten the Aztecs, so that that trend finally broke Saturday night. But you do not, you don't want to let UConn hit 
Certainly not 70. I would even argue 65. Just because UConn is also, that's the thing, SCSU is slightly better per possession defense, but UConn is also top 10, and it's top 10 on, on both ends of the floor here. So slow the pace, keep it. Keep it to 65, 68 possessions. Certainly not as many as 70 because you don't want to let you don't want to let UConn hit 70. It's hard for me to see the Aztecs winning this game if the Huskies get to that threshold. You know, I, I don't really think San Diego State has to try to control tempo because UConn doesn't play that fast yeah. either. They're they're both in the 200s in tempo according to Ken Palm. So like it, it's going to be played at a comfortable pace. I do think they need to make it ugly, and and I, I think Brian Dutcher would probably agree. Uh, basketball fans don't want to watch an ugly game on Monday night, but I think San Diego State fans probably do because that is your best opportunity to actually win uh, a national championship. I told this story last night on the Island College Basketball Podcast. I'll give a briefer version of it now, but it is the main thing that pops into my head as we get ready for a UConn-San Diego State championship game. It was the 2009 title game. It's North Carolina-Michigan State. And North Carolina is, like UConn is tomorrow, a significant favorite. And I remember Tom Izzo's press conference on the Sunday before the title game. So the same press conference that, that Dan Hurley and Brian Dutcher are going to have uh, today. And Tom, and I'm paraphrasing here, I'd, I'd never want somebody to go pull the actual transcript and say, oh, you had this word wrong and that word wrong. I'm paraphrasing here. Yep. But what I remember Tom Izzo saying in that moment is more or less something along the lines of, listen, we know who they are, we know who we are. They, they, they are they're, they're the favorite for a reason. They're, they're, he said they got something along the lines of they got better players, uh, they've got more five stars. I remember him saying something like they've got the better coach. He was just sort of really like, hey, they're, they're, they're the favorite. I got it. I'm not naive to this. He said, and if they play well, you know, we'll, we'll, you know, they'll probably win. But we're pretty good at making people not play well. And that's what we're going to try to do on Monday night. We're going to try to make them not play well. And we could play well. And if that happens, maybe that's how we win the game. And then the ball is tipped, as they say. And, and North Carolina won the game by 17 points. <laughs> okay, It was a blowout. Okay. But the point remains I, the same. Yes. That was the, the path to a championship for Michigan State in that year was we need them to not play well. We have to make them not play well because if they play well, they're going to win the national championship. And I feel on some level San Diego State finds itself in a similar situation here. If UConn plays well as a team that – is top 10 in adjusted offensive efficiency, top 10 in adjusted defensive efficiency, number one at Kempom with an adjusted efficiency margin that is actually better than what Kansas finished with last season when Kansas, as a one seed, won the national championship. If UConn plays well, UConn wins the game. But San Diego State is good at making other teams not play well. You ready for this? Alabama was the number one overall seed in this tournament. Yep. And you know what happened? San Diego State played them, made them not play well. Brandon Miller did not play well, and San Diego State won that game. Simply put, I understand why everybody's picking UConn. But if you can beat the number one overall seed in this bracket, you can beat anybody in this bracket by definition. And that's why I don't rule out the idea that San Diego State wins this game. I understand the all of the metrics, and I understand why UConn's the favorite. But the idea that San Diego State... Keep in mind with UConn, too, they've lost eight times. Now, they ain't lost in a while, often. It was really a lot of that. Most of that, almost all of it, was in January. But this is a team that's lost eight times to six different teams. To teams that are worse than the team they're going to be playing tomorrow night. So 
San Diego State can win this game, but the, the path to it, I think, involves them making a situation where Dan Hurley has to hold a press conference at the end of the night and say, you know what, we just didn't have it tonight. You know what, we didn't yeah. play well tonight. I think that's part of it. I think Butler's play is also key. Uh, he has a Butler. How about this? A Butler against Creighton, he had 18. He was probably the best player on the floor in the in the runaway win over Furman. Remember Furman coming off that huge win over Virginia earlier in the tournament. Uh, and then he only had nine on Saturday night, but he hit the biggest shot. I actually spoke to Lamont Butler for CBS Sports HQ moments after he hit one of the biggest buckets in the history of the tournament. Here's a real quick clip of that interview. Biggest shot of your life, Mr. Butler. <laughs> Take me through that play, and if you expected to have the ball in your hands when you, when you let go of it to win the to win the game over FAU. Yeah, so um, Dutch decided not to call a timeout with seven seconds left. Um, he told me just go downhill and try to make a play at the rim. Um, I drove. Guy cut me off. I looked up. It was two seconds left. So I went into a shot that I'm comfortable with, a one dribble pull up, and I'm just so happy it went in. Did it feel natural? Did it feel hurried? I mean, processing that play as it unfolded in real time, what was going through your head? Um, it actually felt natural. It felt good once it left my hand. Um, like I said, I'm just happy it went in. Uh, I just tried to make a, a play for my team. I mean, we battled back the whole game, so I'm just happy we're in this position. I see. So to me, it's it's that guy right there. It's Butler. It's Bradley, and then it's the play of Trammell, and I think as a trio, like Mentz is a big, and we'll, and I got one more thing on Sonogo that I want to bring up here, but I, I wonder, coming off of that, if he's if, if Butler is not, again, the key guy, if not, you know, to start off down the stretch there, he is, the shot will puts him in, you know, among the all-time great NCAA tournament moments, GP, um, but he has actually been better in this tournament than I think some people realize. The other thing is this, I... For, for San Diego, get this. So I think they might need to shut down Sonogo. Now, UConn can win if Sonogo has a bad game. we got to emphasize that. Sonogo doesn't have to be, again, this outrageous force for UConn to win. I think Sonogo, it's not going to happen. I think Sonogo could be held scoreless and UConn could still win. They've got enough in that. But get a list of these names and shout out to our CBS Sports Research team for this. Sonogo is the seventh player since 1950 to average 20-plus points and shoot 65% or better in the tournament going into the title game. Here are the other players, and if you're watching on YouTube, shouts. Go ahead, do, GP, do the voice. Hey, YouTube. There we go. And on, on hey, HQ. If you're watching on HQ as well, look at these names. I'm going to say them for our podcast audience that's listening on the phone. Shouts to you guys. You're the real ones. Corliss Williamson, Christian Leitner, Hakeem Olajuwon, Sidney Wicks, Jerry Lucas, and Bill Russell. Those are the players that have averaged 20 or more and shot 65% or better heading into the national title game over the past 73 years. Sonogo is on that list. Now, a couple of guys, Elijah won in 84 and Lucas with Ohio State. They, those guys wound up losing, but legends all of them. sonogo has been incredible. He's quite clearly at the top of the scouting report, but... Stopping him, it makes it way more likely than not that San Diego State can win. But that being said, UConn, they're just they're ridiculously complete. And even if he has an off night, UConn's still going to have a good shot. And for folks who are joining us uh, this afternoon after listening to Saturday night's episode, you already know all those names because Kyle Boone did that exact same thing. to Kyle Boone. Okay, there we go. All right, so Tupac. Listen, what do you want from me? I was filing my UConn column at the stadium late. That's I wish you had trivia stat. time. Be that, I should have nailed right? it. I, I, I should have nailed it. I should have tripped it. It was a trivia dude. time last night. I didn't do so well on it, but I'd have nailed it today. How many did you get? One. Which one? 
I think Bill Russell. Russell, yeah. That's and then I default. told the story about Bill Russell almost stealing my wife one night. Okay. Well, we don't need to do that again either. <laughs> Not, yeah. I think we got a break soon here. All right. What, what else you got, GP? Uh, well, obviously, you, you can't do a podcast previewing the national title game without picks and predictions against the spread and straight up. Sure. So we'll do that next. But first, another word from our partners. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. Welcome back to CBS Sports Ion College Basketball Podcast. Gary Parrish, Matt Norlander. Here at the Convention Center in downtown Houston, just one day away from the national championship game. It's going to be inside what we call Megan the Stallion Stadium. That's right. 8.20 p.m. Central. It's on CBS. It's America's most watched network. It's the network of stars. UConn, San Diego State. The Huskies are currently listed as a seven-point favorite. The number has ranged anywhere from six to 7.5. It is that time where we offer predictions. Oh, straight up and against the spread. Game one. Game one. The only game. It's the final one. We gotta add this to the tally, although it's it's basically academic at this point. I can't ever just, win. Nope. Why do I never win? Hey, you got too arrogant, you know. You got too cocky. Yeah, I've heard that. I've actually heard that before. And then then we saw what happened there. Yeah, we're gonna pick this. We're gonna pick this game, aren't we? I guess we kind of have to. All right. So what do you what do you th- what do you as we pick the game? How do you think this is gonna go, GP? Like, because the focus of my Saturday night column was. UConn's not a wagon. It's a locomotive. <laughs> wagon is an understatement, okay? Oh, when did that become a thing, I by don't the know. way? I don't know, but it became like, a I, thing. I, I've heard multiple people yeah. say it recently, and it's like, okay, I've been alive for a pretty good bit of time now, and uh, I don't remember that being a thing five years ago, well, ten years ago. That's 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 what happened. Language evolves. Does it? It does. What? Yeah, it does. So, no wagon, though. This is a, this is straight. You know what? Oh, no. It's a train. Oh, no. Train. We know how this goes on this podcast. <laughs> hey, you're always playing music on the podcast. Yeah. I don't know why you never play Al Green. I think there might be, you know, I don't know if the podcast can afford to play Al Green. <laughs> one quick, one quick. One, yeah, just one, Al Green being in our yeah, background right now is going to bankrupt the Ion College got, basketball it, it, podcast. It's, it's, yeah, it's in the environment. So this so I think is the last clear. Ion College basketball oh, podcast. Yeah, we had a good run, yeah. you know? Yeah, that's true. We had a good run. Is this going to be a formality? Is it going to be UConn? Like, are we going to see UConn stroll out, strut out, and we're going to look up and it's going to be the Miami game all over again? They've won by double digits. And in the process, because the point I made in the Saturday column, GP, the whole, there's no great team this year. That's done. UConn's a great team. It's number one at Ken Palm. It is defeated. Every single non-conference opponent this season <laughs> by double digits, by an average trivia time. You didn't read the column. Yes, I did, actually. What's the number? 
Like it's it's an outrageous. That was like twenty something. Twenty four point yeah. seven points on average against non Big East teams. You gave me a manageable read last night. How many minutes did it say? I don't know. Probably three four minutes. Yes, you got that's it done. My kind of column. Got it done. So twenty four point seven points on average in non conference play. Is San Diego State just the last team on the assembly line, GP? And we're going to see a UConn runaway, or are we going to get one more really close game? You know, the last time we were in this building, we've had back, you know, two games in a row, Jenkins and then Butler. Bada-bing, bada-bang, bada-boom. Last-second shots. UConn wasn't that. Do we get more of what we saw in the second game or closer to the first game on Saturday night? We'll give you some expert analysis. Okay. Could be either. Okay, there we go. It could be either. That's the thing. Don't don't do this. Could be either. Don't do the. Don't do not do the. You know anything could happen here. You know it's a forty minute game. It's a forty minute game. You know what? I got a reason why. I talked to Dan Hurley on HQ. I got a reason why it could go heavily in UConn's favor. Let's cue up that quick uh, quick soundbite from Saturday night. We're a very unique team, and when you see us for the first time with the two centers and and the shooting that we have, um, and then a player like Andre Jackson, and the fact that we don't really have an Achilles heel. We defend, we rebound, we play high-level offense, and we play our butts off every single possession, uh, and, and we're unique. Boy, nobody likes throwing to their own interviews more than you. And listen, they had, him, they had him queued up. If you were there, I would have thrown him to you. But you weren't there. I don't have you. I Sorry, I was doing I, something else. I don't have you on the set. Sorry, I was on TV. I don't have you on the set ignoring UConn's mascot, okay? I saw that, too. I got a dog in your presence okay, you're not even that, looking that at. That became a thing among yeah, UConn fans. Yeah. Let's address that okay, real quick. Yeah. Jonathan, yeah. the Husky, showed up at our set. Beautiful, beautiful Husky. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, and you ignored it. No, I pet that I pet that Husky. Yeah. Um, but then I was like, I would, I, I, you have to refocus, dead leg. And so uh, Renee Montgomery, full of energy, UConn legend, absolute best. Um, she, They seem to have a better relationship. She's a UConn Husky. It is literally the UConn Husky. So I was just trying to stay okay. out of their way, also stay in the shade. But there's like all these pictures. Yes. <laughs> there's all these pictures of Jonathan the Husky you at could, our You set. couldn't be less interested. And in every one of them, I'm in the background like this. Yeah, or staring like, at your phone or just whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm like scrolling Instagram. By the way, I, I, don't, I don't have this 100% fact checked in real time. I, I, apparently the dog couldn't get into the stadium because it didn't have a credential. Did you hear this? No, no. Can we get the dog into the stadium Monday night? I think that happened. I would have loved to watch that dog try to walk into the court area with a I cup know. that didn't I, say NCAA I on know. it. it no would have been trouble. That. I know. By the way, we have a hard out here. This is unusual. <laughs> I think we're under two minutes. We have to pick this game. I'll just go first. I think we are going to see a competitive first half. I think we see UConn separate itself in the second half. I think Jordan Hawkins has the best game, which will make for an interesting discussion about whether it should be Sonogo or Hawkins, who is Final Four MOP. I will say UConn wins. I'm going to give a score. GP, I want you to give a score, too. I'm going Huskies 72, Aztecs 58. Yeah, I'm saying Huskies by 14 points. I also have UConn winning the game. I think San Diego State can stay within the number. I would take San Diego State plus the seven. And maybe that's um, hope more than prediction. I want to see a good game. So do I. Uh, like, we yeah. had a Friday night women's game between Iowa and South Carolina that was awesome in part because it came down to the final minute. Um, Florida Atlantic, San Diego State, awesome in part because it came down to the final minute. I hope this one can come down to the final minute or at least come down to the under four. I've got UConn winning the game. I've got San Diego State uh, covering it. And, again, I just sort of – I'm, I'm – 
I know all the metrics about UConn that you do. Uh, if they win by 17 points, it will not surprise I'm me. I'm getting hold before. Well, listen, we're like on a hard soft out. Get the, get 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 the load of the stat. Since the Sweet 16, since the Sweet 16, UConn has trailed for 47 seconds of game time. San Diego State has trailed for more than 75 minutes since the start of the Sweet 16. Just keep that in mind. That's why I've got UConn winning comfortably. Yeah, uh, we both believe UConn will be our, our national champion. I will take San Diego State plus the number because I want to see San Diego State stay within that number and give us a, a basketball national title game that uh, that is filled with drama. Those are the ones I enjoy watching most. We are going to podcast late on Monday night into Tuesday morning. That's going to depend on game flow, HQ stuff. So particularly if you're on the West Coast, we'll be late, but we, we'll be good for you. But it will be me and GP. You'll be at your hotel room. I'm going to be in the stadium, just like last year. So you will have a pod with me and GP waiting for you early Tuesday morning or very, very, very late Monday night, depending uh, on when things go. We will have a national champion. One of these teams got to win the game. That's the thing not enough people are talking about is that somebody's got to win. Yep, that's right. Shouts to Devin Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Hawk. Larnell, thank you guys, all of you, for listening, watching the Ion College Basketball Podcast. If you're on CBS Sports HQ, stay tuned. We got programming all day. If you're watching on YouTube, you know what to do. Smash the like button like you're Brandon Davies. If you listen on Apple or Spotify, leave us a nice review. Five stars. There's more of us than there are of them. More that, of us. That needs to be reflected. More that of needs us. To be reflect- is no question. There's These more people of us have no inside idea this convention right center. More, more of us. us inside this That's convention center. That's right. Look at this. So confused right now. <laughs> more of us. All right. We're going to talk to you again real soon. Till then, take care. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts.